Life Jitsu Art of Life, Frank Forza, back here with part two, maybe another 10-15 minutes with Robert Drysdale, very successful jiu-jitsu black belt. He has academies around the world. We talked about a wide range of things. Right now, we're going to talk about the human ego. I gave my TEDx talk earlier this year and talking about the, the, the ego tightrope, just constantly trying to balance that ego and I said uh, in my experience in the fight sports studying entrepreneurs studying any and everybody all of the super high achievers that I've studied they all had big egos without exception um, if you're out there and you're listening and you have somebody that you think's a super high achiever that has a that, that, that that's that's done well and you think they're humble I invite you to email me Frankie at frankieforza.com I'd love to interview them and uh, I can guarantee you I will find a big ego somewhere and or I will find a person that a henchman, the muscle, the enforcer, the shark attorney, I will find someone in their ranks who does that work. Someone in the organization is doing the shark work, the tenacious work, the competitive, hyper-competitive work. It is just simply not possible in super competitive industries to be top of the pyramid without the intention and the work ethic and the, the sacrifice and the suffering needed to be up there. A lot of times, Robert, what my experience has been, I want you to weigh in, my experience has been that part of the reason we need the big ego is there's so many reasons to quit during the climb, right? Along the climb, it's so brutal, there's so much suffering, it's so grueling, it's so exhausting, that unless you have this loud, crazy, tenacious voice inside of you driving, you're just going to quit. If people don't have, that big ego goes in there and it's smack, all the, we all have doubts in us. Yeah. We all have a thousand doubts swirling, and when those doubts come, the person with the big ego smacks it upside the head and says, no, we're doing this, we're finishing this, we're climbing this. Talk about your experience with your own relationship with the ego as you've done big things and what you've seen in other high performers. You know, like the, the Inuit people or the Eskimos, they have a number of words for white. Do you know that? No. For us, white is white. It's a color, right? But if you grow up in the, in the North Pole, right, or in the Arctic, you, white is just not white. It's got a number of different words. So when I, words like to me like strength, words like intelligence, yep. words like ego, yep. they're too big, it's too yes, big of a word. Yes, yes. We, we really need a number of words to define strength, yes, yes. right? Because we think strength, we think a power lifter, but like I make this analogy, like Tiger Woods is much stronger swinging a golf club than a power lifter is. Right? So who's strong? Strong is is very specific to what you're doing, right? Strength is. Intelligence is the same. Right. That's why I don't believe in IQ tests. I think they're irrelevant. I think IQ tests are just... Right. It's, and they're really... I mean, IQ tests are like a form of Western-slash-academic intelligence. Like, if you throw your Harvard grad student in the middle of the Amazon jungle, you would be a low IQ person. I'm not surprised when you throw a native Amazon... Amazon native and Harvard do an IQ test. He's a, he doesn't score well. They're you know they're very specific. The intelligence is something very specific to right. what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Ego, I think it's a big word as well. I, I to me, ego can be something incredibly negative, incredibly positive, depending on like you know how you, you know how how you. You use that, you know. But as it drive. is commonly used, the assumption is that it's, humble it's is better. Yeah. Well, to me, it's, it automatically. Do you internalize your ego, or is it something exterior? Like when I have a big ego, where every time you tap me on the mats, I lose my shit and I get angry at you. I tap you, tap me, and I get angry at you. I get angry at the weather. I get angry at the slippery mats. I get angry at the ref. 
I get angry at the rules, I get angry at my girlfriend who, you know, yelled at me this that's a very detrimental ego because you are losing. You're like the, the, it's the, the, the drive is diluted, right? It's all over every direction except where it should go. But when you internalize that ego and you refuse to be second, you refuse to fail, you refuse to, 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 to lose, but you internalize that and use that as a driving force to win next time, yeah. I think it's in something incredibly positive when it comes to achievement. You know, I should pursue in something and making that, um, you know, making that, um, you're driving, but it is something to be wrestled with. It is something that oh, will absolutely. take. It will take. It's, it's a skill. You improve yeah, on it. Yeah, it, it it can take. I mean, again, if if you're on a ten year journey in the fight sports or jujitsu, I I mentioned like someone like Dominic Cruz, who I remember Dom Cruz was like, hey, he's the nicest guy. He's so humble. One day I got him on the phone, and he kind of he had a huge chip on his shoulder. He was like, man, and I was like, wow, this guy shifted. I'm like, he's kind of acting like a jerk. Next thing I know. Dom Cruz is unbeaten for 10 years. He had to go to a place, right? He went to a place where he realized, if I'm going to, something's holding me back. And so he had to hit a place where, now again, the irony is, and you've had Dom Cruz and you've had Lloyd Irvin's people, you've had them come in, super hard worker, super humble in the room working. The irony is, very humble guy, right? First to first arrive, last to leave. This is why the word ego needs to be split in a number of different words because it could be an ego, you can be incredibly humble and incredible, and an egomaniac can yep. just at the same time. Like, I could be humble towards the world. Yep. Right? Where I don't behave like an asshole like all the time and I'm, I, I'm willing to be wrong. Right. You'd be willing to be wrong, be willing to, right. to, to lose and learn from your mistakes, but at the same time, like, take that and, like, that's not happening again. Right? And you, when you, when you internalize it and you, Really, it comes to self-reflection. You blame yourself for your failures. It's a hard thing to do because it's so convenient to blame the world. It's so much easier. It's my biggest peeve with jiu-jitsu today. People blame the rules. They blame, oh, I don't like the rules either. You know, like, you, you want me to make a case against IBJJF? I can make a better case against IBJJF rules than anyone else you know. But I don't blame the rules. When I lost, it's was, not the rules fault. Oh, it's because they don't allow heel hooks. Oh, it's because of it. No, you lost because you couldn't tap the guy. Shut up. Yeah. But we live, or, you know, I, I've, I've had students who lose tournaments before, and they, they blame me. Right. It's my fault that right. they lost. Right? So you're saying, I mean, but, again, you're saying you want you want that responsibility there. Among your definition of ego, you say, hey, this is this broad spectrum, Frank, and it's it, it encompasses so many things. You don't think the way, you think the way it's used is part of the problem, because yeah. it's like it's just thrown around, and and you believe, again, that there's, that we're talking about a lot of, it's a very loaded It's a thing. very, very, very loaded word. Um I have a massive ego for some things, like, and it's once again, this is irrational. I'm not proud of no, this, but, but I'll, I'll be honest with yes. you. Yes, yeah. like on the mats, like, and this is from a very young age. I couldn't stand being number two on the mats. Yeah, like if there was someone that could beat me on the mats, yeah. and this went from white belt to black belt, and I'm not proud of this, but like I, I was like 18 years old, and I go home crying. I just could not accept the fact that someone tapped me on the mats. It was unacceptable, right? But I never, I something I did with, with myself. The, the dealing was with it was entirely internalized. Right. Like I don't like. I'm, By the way, I'm Rob, not, that, not f- that's the thing I would look for the most when someone's coaching kids. Again, most of the kids that cry are just crybabies. But I would bet that the kids that wind up being the best, right? Most of them who cry are crybabies. But I would bet you the kids, the kids that I think will be the best, or have what you have there, which is they're gonna. It's gonna bother them. That's the the thing I personally would like yeah. to see in someone where it bothers the kid. When he loses, now obviously there's a point, there's a tipping point where it's destructive, right? So there's a fine line. At, but, but that reaction, what you have, most of the kids who cry are going to be crybabies and they're not going to be champions. But the ones that are going to be champions, I believe, have what you just described. They're going to be the they're ones where accepting. Tom Brady, you, Dan Gable, so, me, 
people that it bought Jordan, it bothers them when losing by if losing doesn't bother them, there's a problem, right? Their ego's not dented some. But at the same time, like this I I, I know I sound like contrary because we're having two very different approach to life. Like one of them is you're looking for peace and acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not and then there's the other one where you strive for greatness, the achievement, like you know, where we're the very different kinds of philosophies, yeah. you know, and it's paradox. It's paradox. It's where paradox. On, on the one hand, if, but we, again, if we have too again, many expectations, we yeah, can be entitled. Again, we don't appreciate we're, anything. We're, that's, that's what that's what makes us human, right? We're yes. full of contradictions. Yes. I, I know I have this contradiction yes. of being at peace with myself and you know striving to do something you know tomorrow. Um, I believe in I, the. I believe very much in the compartmentalized ego, which you describe. Because again, the, the assumption is: well, if Robert or Frank has a really big ego over here, that means that they're not generous. That means people make all kinds of assumptions based on that. Which I agree a hundred percent with you. Which like, hey, it's a mistake to make because again, you can have a big ego only at like. Let's just say you're competitive at three things, and those three things, if anybody tries to mess with it, you are going to be a lion. You're going to be a shark. But then there's twenty other things where you're the most generous, free flowing. That's a human, right? That's we see that so. Much but people make the assumption we want to put them in a box and say no big ego self-centered because you know that robert to be a champion is a very selfish thing normally i mean you know if it's someone's married selfish. to a champion being an athlete is one of the most selfish endeavors that you can take and undertake yeah. in life yeah. and i look at my friends who are more successful than me and they're incredibly selfish and at first i thought that was you know maybe that is a bad thing but in a way man like i'm not sure they're wrong you know like uh, i go back and forth on these. like i said it's it's a conflict that we live because selfishness can, you know, when it's internalized, when you say, fuck you to the world, I'm going to do what's best for me. It's been keeping fighting in mind, you know. You, it's, there, there, a lot can be, a lot more can be accomplished. I'm not going to mention names here, but I know people that are incredibly selfish, but they actually did well because of that. I mean, when I say well, I'm talking achieving their goals, but then it's, that's not talking happiness. I'm talking right. achieving might not be, might not represent the but, values that we that we yeah. think, wow, those but, are the best but values. But uh, uh, when it comes to, like, um, I'm not, I'm not fishing for compliments when I say this, Frank. I'm just being, you know, candid here. Yeah. Um, I was never a talented athlete. Like, oh, like, I believe me. I remember what it was like playing soccer. I, I listen as someone I, who studied. I, it, I agree. I think. I honestly think that you were an above average. You know, maybe average to above average athlete who made himself by sheer will and tenacity. Mostly, secondly, by an IQ. Uh, just your competitiveness is your your greatness is what. Is what I would call competitive greatness. That's what you have, and I, I and, and I, it's true. Like I, I when I, I have many conditioning coaches, and a lot of times when they tell the first time you meet a conditioning coach, you all they run all these tests on you, right? How high you can jump, and yeah. how fast you can run, and whatever. And they're always like, you know, never, never impressed. I know this. Underwhelmed. I'm not like I'm not the fastest. I don't have I have a very low uh, red blood cell count. Like, I don't talk about this much, but it's true. Like, yeah. I've had my blood Yeah, that dent in your chin, which was, you know, it, which was, I mean, it, it the, the dent in your chest. Yeah, could, in. I, I've heard it harms your your, yeah. your ability to expand your lungs. I don't know if it's true or not, but, yeah. um, but like, when I, and I wasn't, like, I'm not the most technical either. I can name 100 people or four more technical than I ever was, but if I had to name one of my qualities, it was just, like, I don't, I get, if a black, I was a blue belt, and the black belt beat me, that was not an excuse to lose. Right. In my head, I should be beating the black belt. Yeah. Like, and it was, it was not aimed at him. I was not disrespecting him. Yes. It was an expectation I've always created for myself. It's like, it's unacceptable that that guy beat me. Like, why did he beat me? And that question I always ask myself, is it impossible for me to beat him? Is it against the laws of physics for me to pass that person's guard, take him down, or finish him? And if it's not impossible, it means it can be done. And if it's not getting done, it's entirely my fault. Where, where does that... What, what do you think, if you peel back the layers, 
what was your what was your why? Your why can change at different points of your life. You have two, you know, two lovely daughters now. Your why can change. What was the why that really propelled you during your competition days as an MMA fighter and as a jiu-jitsu athlete? What, what, what was what, what was propelling you? Was it just that competitive, just that fire? What was it? As a kid in Brazil, being a good athlete is everything. There, there's no spelling bee competition in Brazil. They don't exist in, in school. There are no debate clubs. No one plays chess. So there's nothing like everything has to do with being a good athlete. Like Brazil is a very sport-oriented society. Like it's very, it's like that, very masculinist in, in that sense, right? Um, so I think that propelled me a little bit. Uh, but particularly because I, I sucked at everything. I wasn't good at any, I, I, I was never good at any sport, ever, you know? And uh, I think that would have some motivation. But like from a very young age, I've had the expectation for myself. I've always created that. Like I didn't, I didn't you want, wanted to be great at something. Yes, I didn't know what it was, and jiu-jitsu was it. I, I found jiu-jitsu when I was 16, and, you know, I look back and go, I could have been way better, I could have done this different, did that differently, you know, but I, I'm careful when I have, I don't try not to have regrets in life, because I'm happy with the outcomes of my mistakes, because they've gotten here. But at the same time, it's, um, <clears throat> looking back, I really feel that being competitive is, you know, really, or having a big ego is... To me, it's what it became. It's part of my identity. And um, if you threw I, away, if you threw away that ego, what would have happened? If you threw away the the party that wants to be big, that wants to win, that wants to dominate, if you threw that away, could you have accomplished anywhere near what you accomplished? Um, just by being Mr. Humble. Just, so, just, just be just by being humble. Not, I, 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 I try, maybe not the word humble, from but maybe the word like not having expectations for yourself. You know, I think you would, you would probably live a happier life but what would but happen to you the would, achievement you, you wouldn't have the achievements the achievements don't come but again yeah. I'll use the example of people in the favelas I've met where they have no expectations yeah. to make money which lawyer, is why a lot of the highest achievers are not the happiest people we've ever met there, there's peace at that you see yes. there's peace yes so that's they, the they're at peace with themselves and there's, it is a paradox yeah but so the highest achievers you've met are not the happiest people generally I would, speaking I, I think they're happy in some ways like I consider myself I feel happy about life in general, but very unaccomplished. And then you can say, but Rob, I just told you you're accomplished. Maybe, maybe look, I'm not fishing for compliments here. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way. Yeah. I don't feel like I've done anything significant. Let me ask you this. This is an interesting question. What is, again, you're a young guy. You're still a work in progress. And just one thing. Mitch and I use the word feel. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's irrational. It's not, you know, when you say I feel this way, it's not necessarily something rational or logical. Yes. Yes. But it, it's... It's, 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 it makes you human. It's well, what, what's interesting is I always say, when you think of a why, when you think of the dangling carrot for most of us, for anything we do, and I could say, it's ego, it's my name on buildings, it's whatever, it's my name in the history books. But behind that, what we're all chasing is a feeling. We're not even chasing. We're not chasing the money. We're chasing the feeling we think of the money. Get, yeah, we're thinking. Yeah. We're not chasing gold medals. We're chasing the feeling and the feelings that will come, be, the attention, but the feeling. We are chasing this. That's all we're chasing at the end of the day. We're chasing feelings, and we're thinking that certain things are going to give us that feeling, and then a lot of times when we get those things, we realize, oh, that feeling is just short-lived, right? It's, a, it's not a there. But let me ask you this. What is your definition of happiness at, at, at your age right now what how would you define it like what what do you think when you think of hey I want to be happy what are the ingredients to that how do you how do you how do you define it and how do you achieve it 
Because that that's might be harder than winning a, a world championship in jiu-jitsu. It's, we're all different, man. So it's, there's no recipe. I think that's what, you know, like when I, 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 I despise self-help books because I think a lot of it is obvious, really, but I think a lot of these things, are, like, they're, they're looking for a recipe. And, you know, it's different. We're different, man. We're not only... Not only is our anatomy different, Frank, our minds are different. If, we can, if you can break down the human mind, you know, into the same way we can look. I can look at your body, I can say, Frank, I'm taller than you, I'm heavier, or you got black hair, I got brown hair. I know, it then. sucks, because I think if I was 220, 230, I think we could have had some really good battles, brother. I wish I was 230, because I used to get hammered by you and to stop training with you. But, you know, um, we're just very different, man. I think happiness means something different to every single one of us. Like, to me... I, my daughters bring me a lot of joy. Being a good parent, you know, it's important to me. I think I don't spend enough time with my kids, so that's something I'm very, I feel very guilty about. Um, being on the math with my students, I say this a lot, but being a coach is a very unrewarding task. So the thing about being a coach is not expecting anything. Only give. It's like, kind of like being a parent. A parent has to accept the fact that he's going to give way more to his kids than his kids will ever give to them. Right, that's the normal way of like a coach will always give more to his students. I take time. I don't have hobbies, Frank. You know this. I don't, I just, you don't, I don't have hobbies. Like I, I went on a date a few years ago and this girl asked me what I did for fun. I went silent for 20 seconds and I couldn't think of one thing I did that would con- be considered to be fun and a hobby. And I said, oh, I do jiu-jitsu. She said, oh, that's your job. What do you do for fun? And I almost said Clash of Clans. <laughs> Which is what a video game? It's a video game. It's a game I play on my phone for like. Sounds like a video game. If I didn't yeah. know, like, oh, it no, like it's, it's the only video game I play. But like, it's there's no there's no like I don't have like. But I, it's, I mean, I I make money from what I do. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I make good money teaching jujitsu. But there, you know, it's it's a life. Been like I go on weekends. I'm coaching for twelve hours a day for five days straight. The world championship. We're running around with no food and no water, losing my voice. You know, and the student loses the next day. He blames you for his loss, and then he leaves the gym. So it's a very unrewarding endeavor. But it, it still makes me happy. Like, if I watch these people improve, and even if they don't acknowledge it, I feel that I've played a role in helping yeah. them out. Not because I'm a great coach, because I think I am, but I, I think that I, I, I created an environment and a platform. We were talking about this earlier, a platform for people to be better at jiu-jitsu because of the platform I've created in my gym. And that makes me happy. Um, I'm able to travel the world today, and you know, I love. I, it's one of my old dreams was always to travel the world. I travel too much now. I've seen, I've been to almost every country I've ever wanted to go to, and that has brought me happiness, satisfaction. I love going. I go to UNLV now. It's my probably the best part of my week. Your master's degree. Yeah, I, I sit there and the class goes on for, for three hours. It's a colloquium, and when it's over, I'm disappointed. I want to go for another three hours because I'm yeah. so happy there. You know, and it, these are the things. I mean. It's cliche, but I really, you know, it's not the, you know, you buy a nice car and like it goes away after three days. That's Let not, me that's, ask that's you this, pleasure, you know, you, you, you said something, uh, you know, I hope you, you, uh, we're, we're getting ready to lose juice on my phone here, so we've got about five more minutes left, but you, I remember you saying something a few years back uh, about you're the kind of guy you would shave 20 years off your life to accomplish the things you want to accomplish. You're willing to make that trade. You remember saying something to that effect where... Would you talk about? Uh, because I, w- I just want people to know what, how, how far people like, including me, are willing to go to climb their Kilimanjaro. You're willing to shave twenty years off your life to say, "Hey, I want to do." You at least just said that a few years ago. Talk I, your thoughts on I, that. You got kids now. My, my okay. I'm not. I'm not scared of 
dying. People talk about fear. Like, the death doesn't terrify me. Getting old, looking back, and feeling unfulfilled terrifies me. I like to be 60 years old, 70 years old, whatever, and, you know, looking back, or maybe my deathbed, and I look back and I go, all right, I got shit done. I did something. You know, and I don't think I will, to be honest, but if that would be, to me, that would be... You don't think you'll see 70? Huh? Do you think you'll see 70? I don't know, man. I don't think about it. Like, I, yeah. if something happened to me tomorrow, I think for my daughters, I care. The people that love me, I care for them, not for myself. Um, that The thought of death does not terrify me the least, ever. never has. Getting old does. Like, right now, like, uh, my wrists are so messed up from jiu-jitsu. I suspect, I'm getting an MRI done soon, I suspect I have no cartilage left in my wrists. So every time I hand fight... Right? It's very painful. Like I'm wrist-locking myself. It's my hand fight. Any kind of hand fight. So the only submission I can do that doesn't hurt me is the armbar. There's not a lot of... Like if I have to break the armbar, break the grip, that, that can hurt a little bit. But like going for a choke, a guillotine, or a foot lock is very painful on my hands. It almost feels like I'm wrist-locking myself. And uh, these things terrify me because the jiu-jitsu is something I love so much. And I feel that you know I might have to retire from training soon if this doesn't get fixed. You know, because it's so, it's so painful. Um, these things terrify me. But... As long as I can look back and you know be content with myself, I can you know die at any age. I just want to be able to look back and go, oh, that was a good life. You know, like I, I did the things I love. Um, I was able to impact people's lives in a positive way, which is not something I. People, my students say, oh no, you do. You changed my life through jujitsu. But like I, I played a small role there. I don't feel for like sure, it's for sure, many, many, many people. But but like, but the, the, but these are the things that I would like to look back and go, okay, that was you know those. You know, so like you know when it happens, like if I have to shave twenty, I, I would rather like you know part now and look back and be completely content with my life versus you know living eternity throughout eternity and not being not feeling that way uh, final thing we're, we're running out of time here but let's talk real quick about the male ideal because i talk a lot about what sort of my ideal is warrior poetry it's the balance between someone who's just warrior 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 um maybe doesn't have the empathy the compassion the generosity some you know that and someone who's just a poet will get walked all over and and and, and, you know, kindness doesn't work in every situation, in my experience, so you need both that warrior-poet ideal. Let's talk about, I guess, being a man. What's the ideal? What's that balance in your mind, just your definition? A man is, a, a man is what? What kind of balance are you? What kind of balance feels right in your skin as a man? How much warrior, how much poet, how much something else? What, what feels right to you? I, I guess it goes back to the other question about happiness, like, First off, we're all different, you know. But for you, though, yeah, for yeah, you, it's, it's becoming who you are. What's your code? You know, whatever, yeah. What's, what is like your code? Me, your man, your code as a person. I, I I have these things I make my daughters repeat every day. I make them repeat every day because I want them to learn this lesson. I ask them, what are, what are the four pillars of life? And they answer the question right away. They memorize. They go, love, train, study, work. Right, you love, you train something physical, right? Not to be jujitsu. You study. You've never done learning, right? And you work. And if you have four pillars of life, you found happiness. And I, I, I told my daughter, my daughters repeat this like a mantra. They kind of, they're five and seven. They're ready to roll their eyes when I ask them. They're like, they're so, but I make them repeat it every day. Uh, those are my male, like male standards of achievement. I, mean, I think anyone could use those. They're very, you know, very. But you think, I mean, yeah. for instance, being an alpha, you're, you just, a lot of people would consider you, I do, an alpha. Is alpha a beautiful thing? I mean, that part of being a man. You're an alpha. You're a guy. You walk in the room. You got great posture. You're you're capable to to uh, handle your business if you have to. You're an alpha. I mean, it seems like 
you know, maybe... Uh, no, but, like, in some ways, I'm, I'm very... No, I'm not like this. There's a lot of room for improvement, like, in every department, really. Um, but it's... I guess it's this first off, I mean, we're spending our lives trying to figure out who we are, you know? And then once you find out who you are, you, you have to become that person. I think we are that person from the beginning. You were born that person. So you're coming full circle. And then, you know, and then I think we... Because we, we are social, we're a social creature, you know, we get... Our, our minds get invaded with like what we ought to be you have to be this you have to be that but that's not who you really are so someone who loves poetry you mentioned poetry is not going to write poetry oh that's stupid who's going to like poetry are you gay or something like but if that's who you are that's what you like then why are you scared of becoming that person because you're worried about social criticism yep. uh, and that's on every level yep. like it's to me it's like coming out of the closet like I'm not I sing when I'm like you know people make fun of me I'm constantly singing I like singing Fuck you! I got a bad voice. Yeah, you know I enjoy it. Now Robert, I like I like corny music that no one listens to. I, yeah, but I'm not scared of listening to that music. Like this is what I like. Yeah, you know like I, you know, and then it's but I think that people they 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 resist that, and then you said like they come full circle, and then when they finally realize who they are and they're okay with that, there's this acceptance. I think that's that's. I think there's some peace to that, and like, yeah, just I like it. pink. I'm wearing a pink shirt. I like pink. You know, it's like. I get yeah. beat up, uh, you know, thirty some years ago wearing a pink shirt, but now I'm like, yeah, hey, I like, I like this. You know, it's interesting what you say about singing because it's it's true. I say, people who can't sing, other people say, hey, shut up, whatever. But the value is just to yourself, right? Yeah, and I'm you, not singing. It's I, not. I, yeah, it's, you're it's, not singing for their therapy, benefit. So, yeah. so for you to stop singing is like yeah. it's to deprive and deny yourself. And, and, and singing has been shown to improve well-being. Yeah, like it's actually a happy exercise. So people who and, can't sing, who want to sing, and who yeah. feel the need should be singing, but they're worried about should what be people singing. are gonna, you know. And it's, it's something we should read. That you should not that you shouldn't care about what people think, but if it's something that makes you feel good, you know come out of the closet with whatever that is you know yeah. and if it's poetry it's poetry if it's but I think that we but we, but we get hammered like this is who you have to be you yeah. have to be good looking you have to be rich you have to be famous you have to be oh you have to have a college degree and you know I think people this goes to school like people lean towards the things that are financially um, you know, rewarding right like why the hell would you study history because I like it people look at me like we're not going to be able to do with any of that degree yeah but that's not why you study yeah. You study for self improvement. Yeah. You don't you don't go to school to get a degree and make money. You go to school to improve as a human being. Yeah. You know, and then but people completely miss that. Like when I when I like when I was studying history in Brazil, like people would go like they were they couldn't understand. Like why why? But like why they that made no sense to them. And I'm like, that's who I am. This is what I love. I was in love with encyclopedias way before I even knew what jujitsu was. It's part of my nature, right? So you 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 know cliche as and it until, sounds, until you get it, to, and get it, to it, embracing that nature yeah, that you it, reject because you think other people reject it or that they until you get back exactly. to there you never and feel once, whole and once you find the things that you love and make you happy and that's who you that's is where you have a blueprint your mind you, you know there's a blueprint there and then you lean towards your leanings and whatever they may be they, yeah i think that be, most people we're, we're gonna wrap we're gonna die here on here but but i think that most people that nature that you speak of that they have that they a lot of us run away from, right? Um, I think it's evidence usually young, as with you and, and with me, like I was, I was the first thing, the first skill I ever remember having was writing music and then writing poetry. That's yeah. the first skill of anything I ever realized I might be good at. Yeah. It was like I was just making songs. And then along the way, I thought, well, people are looking at me, people are going to make assumptions, I'm going to get picked on, I was self-conscious. And then I stopped, but songs kept coming to me. And then I thought, 
then I was like, well, but you'll be a starving artist. So I made all these excuses. Now I'm at the point now, again, I'm 46 years old, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to write music, make music, record music, if I never sell anything, mainly because it's just in me to do. And and, and, and I'm not doing it for other you know, people. I, I'm not doing it because I'm ever going to make yeah, money. You know, you I don't know, care if I'm a starving artist at it. It's just what I like doing. One of the best doing. documentaries I've ever seen, and I highly recommend this, is a documentary called Searching for Sugar Man. Have you seen it? No. It's, it's one of the top three best documentaries I've ever seen. Right. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Yeah. But basically, this guy was an incredible musician, and he would play with his back to the crowd. It's awesome. You ever hear that song, uh, Sultans of Swing by Dara Straits? Yes, yes. You yes. know what the song's about? No. The song's about... Uh, about a minute or two minutes. Mark Knopfler, he walks into a bar in London, and the bar is empty, right? And there's no one... This, this band is playing, they're going at it, and they're having a blast because they're playing, and the bar is empty. No one's listening. But they're incredible musicians. So at the end of the song, the guy walks up to the microphone. He goes, "Good night, everyone. We're the Sultans of Swing," and they walk off stage. And he thought it was so beautiful because no one—first off, the name, the Sultans of Swing—and have zero yeah. people listening to them. Yeah. But they're incredible musicians, and they weren't playing for the crowd; they were playing yeah. for themselves. And that'll be the best music you ever make, too. Will be when it's, you're playing, when you're coming exactly. from that place of altruism and that real spirit. Yeah. It'll be the best music you ever make. Exactly. It's Moment, genuine. You're, you're, yeah. It's genuine. You're yeah. not you're not you're not writing for a crowd. You're, yeah. you're writing inner driven, inner driven, and uh, and I, I took that I took that as a lesson. Like to me, he's like, oh, that's a, it's, it's a beautiful. I love the song to begin with. And the documentary again is searching for sugar. Searching man. for sugar man. This is life jitsu art of life. Frank Carreri Fours. I'm here with my old friend and my jujitsu mentor Robert Drysdale. Very. Uh, world acclaimed, world renowned jujitsu and MMA fighter. Um, I really appreciate you listening in on this podcast. My e- my uh, website, www.frankieforza.com. Email frankie at frankieforza.com. Robert, if people want to reach you, how can they reach you? Email, website. Um, show up to the gym. Drysdale Jiu-Jitsu, Las Vegas. It's the best way. Drysdale Jiu-Jitsu. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care.